Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This episode is sponsored by the super cool, customized camper van company, Dream Drive. Why not rent a camper van and explore more of Japan in comfort and style? Now and Zen is also sponsored by the Gugu Mattress Company. Super comfortable and very affordable. Nothing better than a great night's sleep with a Gugu Mattress. Discount codes available later in the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This episode, I welcome Jeff Crawford. He is an SEO expert and the founder of Zoe Digital, a bilingual digital marketing agency he started seven years ago here in Tokyo. We discuss some of the mistakes often made by foreign companies when setting up their web presence in Japan, what silver bullets can be discovered from analytics to improve e-com sales, why Japanese sites tend to be busy and loud, and some simple and practical advice on how to increase traffic and improve conversion rates on your website through authoritativeness and trustworthiness. This might sound a bit technical, but Jeff breaks it down in a very easy to understand way. In fact, I guarantee you will be more digital marketing savvy after listening to Jeff's stories and advice. For a non-technical guy like me, I really enjoyed this discussion, and I'm sure you will too. Direct from Tokyo, this is now in Zen with Jeff Crawford. <laughs> Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is <laughs> Jeff Crawford. He is a digital marketing expert oh. and the founder of Zoe Digital Japan, an SEO and digital marketing agency based in Tokyo. He's lived in Tokyo since 2004. Jeff started the Digital Marketers Meetup in 2016, which has over 2,000 members, and he's been a presenter, a key presenter on <laughs> digital marketing at numerous industry events and associations. Nice to meet you, and thanks for coming on the podcast, Jeff. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. Appreciate being here. <laughs> Cheers. Okay, so you've also worked for Apple and Microsoft. Yes. Isn't that kind of like working for CNN than Fox News? <laughs> it was. Uh, in the years that I was at Apple, we hated Microsoft with a passion, right? I mean, we were getting, basically at the time, we were getting our butts kicked by Microsoft, and we sort of saw them as the evil empire. Sure. A lot of people do. Yeah. So I left Apple after nine years and then joined a startup that did like internet technology on TV. And then within a year, that was bought by Microsoft. So just like that, I yep. shifted over to Microsoft. So I got to ask, are you yep. a Mac guy or a Windows guy now? <laughs> Everybody wants to know. So I'm a Mac guy. Yep. Well, there we go. First of all, I'm not an SEO expert, and probably most of the listeners are not either. In fact, it's probably a topic some people might only invest their first five minutes listening to, and that includes my intro and my ad roll, which was about two minutes. So, Jeff, how do you make digital marketing sexy and interesting to keep people riveted for the next 30 minutes, understand how vital it is to their business, and hopefully want to use your services. I don't know if I would call digital marketing sexy or not. <laughs> well, you can make it. You're the expert. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people who want to get more customers or more traffic or more money from their website. 
that's where I can help people. Let me give you an example of that. So we, we like have a lot of foreign companies, overseas companies, want to come to Japan. They show up and they're like, hey, here's our website. Yeah. Actually, a lot of the customers that we get already release a website, launch it for Japan, it gets nothing, right? Absolutely right. no traffic. And they come to us and say, well, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, so, a, that's a good place to start. Let's start yeah. big and broad. In your article, yes. 2021 Japan SEO Trends, <laughs> yes. you say in the summary, uh, and I quote, uh-oh. the approach to SEO needs to be different when investing in Japan. Specifically, <clears throat> how should it be different mm-hmm. in Japan? It does. One of the big problems that a lot of foreign companies make when they first come into Japan is they just do a straight localization of their website. They have something that works really well in Europe or the US, hire a translator, but even if they're good, sometimes what they do is they end up translating some keyword that's really popular in English, but the translation is not a keyword that people search for in Japanese. Well, when a foreign uh, company yeah. comes into Japan, don't they hire locally? And don't wouldn't they hire a Japanese mm-hmm. digital marketer or mm-hmm. SEO expert for that? They should. What happens is a lot of companies, they can't make the initial investment. Starting up an office in Tokyo with a country manager, a couple of Tokyo-based bilingual digital marketers, that's really expensive, right? Sure, certainly. And is. so a lot of them, they just start with a website and see if it sells, see if their product or their service like matches what the Japanese market wants. So are most of your customers foreign or are they Japanese companies? Most of them are foreign affiliated companies that want to come into Japan, want to enter the Japanese market. Okay. Some of them have offices here and then some of them don't. They're still running it from their foreign office, but they're still trying to get customers. But you're based in Japan. I understand that you are running your own company in Japan, so maybe it's easier through your networking, like ACCJ or some of the associations that you're a member of or even associations that you started yourself. Yes. That's probably a really easy way to network and connect Mm -hmm. with foreign affiliated companies. But you're based in Japan, and a lot of your friends, colleagues, associates, cohorts are Japanese. So why don't you have more Japanese companies that utilize your services? Yeah, that's an interesting question. When I first started the company, that's really what I wanted to do. Someday I really want to help Japanese companies because I think they really need help with digital marketing. But we tried it. And my staff and my partner at the time, who was Japanese, honestly wasn't so excited about supporting Japanese companies. Is it because Japanese companies don't put much importance or emphasis on digital marketing, or is it because you're mm-hmm. a foreign company that they were reluctant? I think a lot of Japanese companies would be happy to hire foreigners to expand overseas if they had good Japanese account management. Oh, no, I'm not talking about that expanding overseas. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm just talking about domestic market. My assumption is that you're you're not just only focusing on mm-hmm. companies coming into Japan. That's maybe, pardon the phrase, low-lying fruit. Yeah. But established Japanese companies, I'm not talking like Toyota mm-hmm. and Mitsubishi, right. but there's right. a lot of small and medium Japanese mm-hmm. companies that need a lot of help. I'm sure you agree. Yes. And is it they're reluctant to use Zoe Digital's mm-hmm. services because they just don't understand the importance of digital marketing and SEO, mm-hmm. or they're just reluctant to use you because you're a foreign company? Yeah. First of all, we do help a fair number of companies in Japan. Maybe about 30% of our business is domestic companies, but 
usually they're domestic companies that have a foreign mind. Okay, you know, that's interesting. Either it's run by a foreigner or it's run by Japanese who's very kokusai techy or foreign-centric kind of guy. Yeah, sure. Girl. Yeah, so we do we do help those types of companies. Yeah. But I think where we really add value is, yeah, being able to br- bridge both the Japanese and the English digital marketing because okay. a lot of them want uh, customers from both sides, right? Sure. So, and they yeah. want customers domestically or they want customers from overseas to come to their both. website? Yeah, we have... We have ones that are both, but uh, right now we're just getting so much, so many requests from foreign companies coming overseas. We are pretty much maxed out at this moment. How do they find you? We do good SEO for our own website as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) As soon as I asked that question, I was kind of like, dude, that's a stupid question. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But besides, actually, besides SEO, also LinkedIn, I think, sure. is, a, is a big one. I, that might have been how we... That's how we connected. Other, yeah. That's how I met you. I came across some of your blog posts that mm-hmm. you put on LinkedIn. I was very impressed with your writing in that you explain digital marketing and SEO in a way that's really easy to understand for non-technical people like mm-hmm. me. And that leads me to the next question. One reason people tune out uh-huh. when they hear digital marketing and <laughs> SEO strategy is there are so many acronyms that we don't know. Uh-oh. There's CRO, PPC, uh-huh. UX, UI, mm-hmm. ROAS, SEO itself. Yes. But in researching you <laughs> and your industry, I learned a couple new acronyms. Mm-hmm. And this one... I really love. It's Y-M-Y-L. What is it? Your money or your life. That sounds like a threat. (laughs) What is that describing? Your money or your life. What is a Y-M-Y-L website? Uh, So these are websites that deal with like medical issues or financial things. So if you're going to Google something like, hey, I have a lump on my arm or something, right? You want to make sure that you really trust that website, that Google's going to rank number one. Google's got, I don't want to say, uh, more than just a financial incentive to select the best website for you, right? Okay, so your money or your life, what, what, what is it referencing that like a, to? Another one would be like an investment site. Do you want to invest your life savings in the company that ranks number one for Google? Then YMYL phrase, Yes. you don't want to be categorized as that. That's uh, a disparaging... Oh, no, 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 not at all. There's a lot more at stake than just ranking number one and getting some traffic. Okay, so then that probably leads into the second acronym, which I like, yes. which is E-A-T. E-A-T. Which, yeah, yeah, EAT. Yeah. And the abbreviation uh-huh. comes from <laughs> E, which is expertise. That's In right. Japanese is yeah. semmonsei. A is authoritativeness, which is ken isei, mm-hmm. and there's trustworthiness, which is shindai sei. That's right. Are they opposite? So there's the YMYL, which mm-hmm. is the money or your life site, mm-hmm. and there's the eat site. No, no. What's I th- the dif- difference here? I, d- I don't think that's the right way to think of it. First of all, these concepts of eat were originally coined by Google for their quality raters. Now keep in mind, Google's got this workforce when Google is testing an algorithm, they come out with a, a new algorithm and they say, here's the old search results. Here's the new search results. Okay, quality raters, which, which one is better? Well, 
inside these quality rater guidelines, there's a huge section about that that's all about EAT, expertise, authority, trust. How do they determine that? So they got like a checklist. So that's the thing. So, so is expertise then, would that be related to like the content? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Right? So like the expertise would be like, does this article really know what it's talking about? And then authoritativeness, would this be blogs, social media connections and content, etc.? Exactly. So what are other people outside wow. the web, you know, two for two here. saying about you? Yeah. Okay. That was just my takeaway. Yeah. And then let's see it. if I can bat a thousand here. <laughs> Trust. Trustworthiness would be communication uh-huh. and technical issues such as order tracking and secure payment providers. I think that's part of it, but I have to say in trust, there's lots of markers you can use for trust. One is like reviews. Like in the U.S., you have like a Better Business Bureau, or you have Google reviews, or you have reviews on Yelp. All these things are used by the quality raters when they're grading Google's algorithms. So let's go back to YMYL just a little bit. Uh, when Google came out with their medic algorithm update, huge swings in terms of who was ranking number one and, and who was dropped out of the rankings completely. A lot of it was based on these concepts of eat. So for example, websites that like articles that were written by like, okay, I'm a doctor, you know, I'm an expert in treating cancerous lumps on people's arms, right? Yep. That person has a lot of authority. And so those types of websites saw a huge jump in rankings. And then other websites, which didn't have that kind of expertise or authoritativeness or authority or that type of trust, dropped out of the rankings completely. As a company, Zo Digital, do you know how to increase the EAT for companies that you consult? Yes, I mean, we advise them on what to do if they're in that category. So like right now, this, these concepts of EAT are mostly applied to these YMYL, your money or your life type websites. Yep. But if you look where things are going, who's to say Google doesn't apply that to many, many more niches that aren't your money or your life. And so I think it's a good time now to develop your own online authority, improve your trust markers. And, well, yeah. we've all heard the saying content is king. But if everyone is adding more robust content to their site, how does one optimize or stay ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. with content? Yes, very good question. A a big mistake many companies make is they just randomly write contents and they put them in their blog and it's ordered by some random way, like date that the blog was posted. That's like the worst way you can structure content. (laughs) Well, it's chronological. That's, that's one thing. Who reads, who reads articles chronologically these days? In this world of instant gratification, everybody wants the latest news, don't <laughs> yeah. they? Yes, yes. That's but one more, benefit. More likely, they just want to know about the topic that they're interested in. So they search for something. Like, so that's the worst yes, way yes. to put content on. What's the yes. best way? By topics. Let's say you're all about knives, right? In fact, I am about <laughs> knives. Wow. Right. How right. odd you would come up with that. <laughs> yeah, yes. yes. Okay, so knives. So Very cutting edge. Yeah, topic. so maybe you want to have a super topic all about Japanese knives, and then maybe you want to have another super topic about 
Western style knives. Mm -hmm. And then within the topic of Japanese knives, you might want to have like Santoku, is that, I think that's a Japanese knife, or what's that, Nakiri? Is that Nakiri, another? yes. Yeah, all wow, those. look at you. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in Japan a while, actually 15 years. <laughs> yes. What we found with our clients is it really helps to group contents in topics. And then you want that topic article, the big article that's really targeting that big keyword with sure. many thousands, tens of thousands of searches per month. Yep. You know, you want the other articles that talk about details to sort of pass link juice or pass page rank, as SEOs like to say, yep. back up to that main article. So everything boosts or points up to that main article. So when you say article, rank. does that mean that yeah. each company should have a blog or something? Yes. This is on the website, so you need to yes. have specific content. You know, most people when they make a website, or most companies, yes. when they make a website, they just mm -hmm. have, you know, the about us yep. and our services and, you yep. know, a lot of it's kind of bare bones. Yes. How should people build their website mm -hmm. so they can have mm -hmm. articles? In our view of the world, everything starts with keyword research. You should research the keywords that you want to attract. What types of searches are users doing that you want them to come to your website? So you need to understand that first. Once you understand like the types of keywords people are coming in on, you start to see them in, in several different classes. We call it keyword intent. If a user is searching for information about something, right? What is a Santoku knife and what does it do? That's a very informational keyword search. And so you want to make sure that those searches go to your informational blog content. If somebody searches for what's the best price of a Santoku knife, that user is sort of targeted that they're ready to buy, right? We call that a transactional search intent. They're not ready for informational stuff. You send them to your sales page. And so it's really important to make that distinction. So like in English, it would be, you know, something, any, any how to, any question word, why, how to, what, the meaning of. In Japanese, you would, you would use phrases like nani nani towa, nani nani imi wa, you know, those types of informational keywords. Yeah, you want to send them to your blog content. And then, yeah, for those more transactional searches, and like in English, it'd be like, best price Santoku exactly, knife or something yeah. or but no yeah. matter how well you write your content mm -hmm. localize your content won't the person or company spending the most money for keyword search always come out on top both literally and figuratively speaking <laughs> I think it all starts with keyword research if you don't have good keyword research all your other processes, all your other activities after that are going to be destined for failure. We take the keyword research and we apply it to your website. Is your website itself targeting the right keywords? What is it? Google Analytics and see what... We have, yeah, SEO tools. One of which is like Google Search Console. That's a free one. Uh, we use other tools. There's, anybody yeah. can use that, right? You Any, sign no, up for it? Uh, Google Search Console is free. Any website owner can set up Google Search Console. There's also free SEO tools that you can use. Uh, one is Ubersuggest, ubersuggest.io. 
you can look up the keyword volume of any keyword you want or a set of keywords. Is that what you utilize when you do a diagnostic research check of potential clients? Yeah, we, we use a, a little bit more professional tools. <laughs> okay. We use one called Ahrefs. AH, those are my initials. Yeah, there you go. But also uh, SEMrush is another one Okay. that is, it's very popular. There's some other Japanese tools as well. But let, let me get back to the keyword research yes, part. Yes, please. If you do good keyword research, you can apply it to like how you phrase your website, how you phrase those product pages, how you phrase those blogs. Are you using the right kind of keywords that people are searching for? But it can get very yeah. expensive, can't it? For example, my company, yes. we're a cookware company, but we're famous for knives. That's right. If we wanted to be at the top of any search for mm -hmm. somebody who says yeah. santoku, that word is very expensive. To buy. Up until now, we've been talking about SEO, which is what we, you know, those organic listings after the ad listings at the top. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. So in a search results page, or SERP, as we like to say, if the keyword has any kind of transactional intent with it, like you could buy something, Google's going to show a bunch of ads at the top of the page. A lot of times it's just text ads, right? I've seen that, yeah, sure. Very simple text ads. Hey, we sell Santoku knives. But it says sponsored next to it, right? Sometimes it says sponsored. They're always changing what it looks like. Sometimes okay. there's a little tiny ad icon. That business for Google is about a 40 to $50 billion a year business. Just selling those tiny text ads at the top of every search results page that has transactions. So when text. I say buying AdWords, what I'm talking about is, is paying to be at the top of the page in a advertising format. Exactly. Not an organic search format. Yes, yes. I got it. Organic is like everything below. But that's yeah. what most people want, don't they? Don't they want organic, not sponsored? Well, yeah, because the sponsored search, as you say, or AdWords or paid search, whatever phrase yeah. you like, keywords are expensive. They are. I, I mean, know. in any given niche, you could be paying one to five dollars, you know, 100 yen to a 400 yen per click. Exactly. Per click. Yeah. <laughs> That's just to get them to your website. Right. No conversion yet. <laughs> yeah, no conversion yet. You know, how many visitors do you got to get to your website before somebody converts? 10, But if 20? you're, if yeah. you're, a, if you're sponsored content, you're at the top, that yep. totally defeats the EAT. It's not perceived as expertise or authoritativeness or trustworthiness. Trust. It's paid, so you think, oh, this is just an ad. Yeah, it's interesting because it's the same search results page, two different worlds. There are specialists who spend their entire career just on paid search ads at the top, and there's other specialists who spend their entire careers on organic search listings, everything else down below. <laughs> Going back to the keywords, is about the organic search success. Yes, but having good keyword research does apply to the paid research as well. Because if you do good keyword research, you're going to find good transactional keywords. And when you build out search ad campaigns, you want to bid on those keywords, the ones okay. that give you the biggest ROI or return on your investment. Rather than just consulting and say, you know, you, need to, you should buy some ad words or whatever, you consult on how they can, should construct their website to get the organic hits through keywords on their website, mm -hmm. you would probably say you should have a blog. So you can write about the things that you want Google search to find and direct to your website. Is this a good summary? Yes, yes. So 
so far we've mostly talked about organic search. If you want your website to rank for any keyword that has any margin of competition against it, chances are you're going to have to write a blog. You're going to have to establish some authority with your website. You're going to have to show your expertise. Right. And then if they come onto the website, people are, are going to have to trust your website. So does Zoe Digital also consult, not just on the technical side of it, but also the content or the marketing communications part as well? Oh, absolutely. So we help clients either write their own content. We give them a lot of guidance on how to write the best performing contents. Or sometimes for some clients, they don't have that writing expertise. And so we provide writers for them. In addition to the content is king phrase, yes. another hot topic buzzword is UX, user experience. This is a two-part question. Isn't user experience subjective? And number two, if so, are user experience expectations different in Japan versus other countries? Okay, let's take the first question. Is user experience subjective? Yes, there's a certain aspect of user experience that is subjective. We all have opinions. We all have opinions. We know which (laughs) websites we like and which ones we don't like, which ones we're frustrated with. Yes. So why don't people just apply what they experience every day to their own websites? In many cases, they do without realizing it to the detriment of their would-be customers. (laughs) I see a lot of the same mistakes over and over again on websites Like what? For example, let's take foreign companies trying to do a good Japanese website, right? This sort of gets to your second half of your question. So like, how do you know they trust you? Trust markers is a big thing. Like, how do I know this website isn't just some Chinese knockoff? Does this website really sell knives? If I give them my credit card, am I gonna get a package showing up in the mail a couple days later? So there's lots of trust markers that you can do. You can do things like testimonials. There's a good one, testimonials. For sure. Uh, A nice testimonial with a face, preferably a Japanese face. (laughs) That's a big help. Uh, If you're in the B2B space, how about like a nice case study? How about a nice downloadable case study that I can download print out and give to my boss who's not so internet savvy so he can read on his desk, right? That helps. How about your company info page, the Kaisha Gaio page? Yes, that's very important. That's especially important (laughs) in Japan, isn't it? Yeah, here's, here's one really interesting thing. We had a bilingual website for one of our clients. I've looked at, I mean, their sales pages are pretty much the same, right? Sales pages in English, sales pages in Japanese. So we look at like, where do they come from? In the English site, they come from all over the place, usually the sales pages, right? They're on the site, they're navigating around the site, sales page, homepage. For the Japanese users, about 50% came from that company info, the Kaisha Gaio page. Really? Yes. They're going to that page because they want to see if you're a real business. I've seen some pages where they've got message from the president. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) Oh, yeah? You know, like... How much capital did you see these? How much oh, yeah. capital did sure. you have? And like, yeah, it's a checklist. Who, who are the directors? And which banks they which, use? Which banks they use? And <laughs> a whole bunch of other useless information. At least useless by our standards, you and I, right? 
people will check that out. It's like the last step. Okay, it's like, okay, you sound legit. You know, I just want to know if you're like incorporated in Japan. What's the phone number I can call? Very important for Japanese. Do all foreign websites, foreign companies coming into Japan do this? I'd put it at less than 50%. I also check that out. How much capital do they start their business with? I'm always interested in that. I looked at yours. Yeah, that's right. You saw my capital. 50 million yen. That's right. Good job, man. You're killing it. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. We all know getting a great sleep is important. And this is what Gugu is all about. Super comfortable mattresses at very affordable prices and delivered to your home for free. They back up their best sleep ever promise with a 100-night money-back guarantee. Learn more at gugu.jp and enter the coupon code ZEN for your 20% discount. Gugu. Better sleep. Better you. Explore Japan in comfort and ease with Dream Drive. Rent a customized camper van to go camping, take nature hikes, relax at onsens, or just discover the many beautiful places less traveled around Japan. Dream Drive has various camper vans for solo travelers and families and is more affordable than trains and hotels as it's only one price per night. Go to dreamdrive.life to plan your next Japan adventure. Enter the coupon code ZEN and receive a sweet discount when making your customized camper van reservation. Dream Drive, the hotel on wheels. I want to talk about analytics because that's something I'm kind of interested in. As you should be. Are there hidden gems or silver bullets Uh where you can say to a client, if you just do ABC, <laughs> your conversion rate or your uh-huh. basket size or uh-huh. your retention rate, whatever KPI you want to improve will increase by X amount. Yeah. How does understanding analytics specifically help improve their business? So it sounds like it's coming from a true EC site owner. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most important things you can do is set up your EC analytics. It's very easy to set up EC site analytics. Yep. Uh, but also set up goals. What does that mean? Okay, so I go to your product page. Maybe that's step one. Add to cart. That's step two. I get to the checkout page. That might be step three. Step four might be the credit card info page. That's step four. Maybe step five is I get to the thank you page. You should be tracking all those steps in Google Analytics or whatever analytics package you use. If you see a good percentage of your traffic dropping off at the, let's say, add to cart page, well, then maybe you have a problem there. But here's a, another thing I think really important for every EC site to have, and that's having an abandoned cart checkout, like a yeah. reminder sequence, right? eBay has that. Do you put something mm-hmm. on your wish list or your watch list or whatever you call it? Man, eBay sends you, every day they send you stuff, hey, you forgot this in your cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big thing. It's an easy, you wanted the silver bullet, right? 20%, 30% raise, lift, and sales. That's a great way to do it. Have some sort of abandoned cart sequence. The best way to do it is try to get their email address as early as possible. Your first step is to get their email address. Maybe the second or third steps is the credit card info and that type of stuff. If at any point during the process they bail out, 
you now have their email address so you can remarket to them. That's an interesting point. You can send them a coupon, right? A lot of people are very reluctant to give out credit card details first. I'm speaking from personal right, experience right. here. So that's a good point. And then you can market to them via email to get them back into the purchase process. I like what you said about the coupons. Yeah, that's a big one. Maybe we can talk a little bit about coupons. I've heard that Google will soon develop a voice SEO. Does that mean that some of the content which we talk about today may come up in a Google search in the future? Absolutely. Voice to text technology is getting better and better. It's actually quite good now. A podcast like this, certainly, you know, speech to text translated, put on a website or in Google's index, and then possibly somebody doing a Google search someday might be saying, well, what did Jeff Crawford say about content marketing in Japan? Okay, it goes to that section and boom, there it is. Yeah. Quickly. Whip out a bunch of keywords right now. Zoe Digital, Jeff Crawford, Japan. Yeah, should we get those in? SEO let's, success. Let, let's do some keyword stuffing, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Content marketing, keyword research. <laughs> nice. How do you keep ahead of the curve on all the developments? How do you how do you stay the expert in your field? First of all, I wouldn't be interested in this field if it wasn't changing. So and I come from a technical background. I was a developer for 15 years. And so like what Google's algorithms are doing, really, really interesting to me. So what do I do? Uh, I read publications. I listen to other people's podcasts like yours. <laughs> Mine's not really cutting edge when it comes to digital marketing. That's for yes. sure. <laughs> yeah. Until I had you on. Yes. And then the other thing is like you learn by doing. Put out a website, try something, target some keywords, see what kind of traffic you get. See if that traffic converts. This is the one question that I really wanted to ask you, and I can't believe I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> Japanese e-com sites have a really unique look to them in that they're very busy, tons of information, offers, promotions, bright colors. Japanese sites are kind of like visiting a Don Quixote store. It's more punk rock than classical, whereas Western sites are a lot less in your face. There's somewhat subdued look, to the look and feel to them. Why are Japanese e-com sites so crazy like that? Why are they so complex? Yeah, why? The first thing a lot of Westerners notice when they go to a true Japanese website. Let's back up for a second. Let's say you and I walk around a place like Shibuya. What do we see? Brightly lit signs. We've got people going, you know, Screaming Come at on you. In. And got people handing you tissues. You've got everything. It's lively. It's, it's loud and in your face. <laughs> yeah. It's a competition for your attention. Many things assaulting you, coming at you. People are drawn to that, right? So let's take that experience and let's bring that online. If you're a Japanese and you're used to that, go to a website like Rakuten and what do you see? Flashing lights, small, many, many columns, animations, little things to get you to... So look over here. Sure. But Japanese say that works for me. Yeah. If I'm a Western company and I come in with my subdued website, you want to have a, yeah. a customer journey through my <laughs> website, right? right? Right. Will that work in Japan? I've asked my Japanese friends about that. What do you think of this website? Or what do you think of, webs of Western websites? 
and they'll be like, well, what are you hiding? I feel like you're hiding something. You just, you, you just have one big picture and some small text. I, I feel like you're hiding something. Uh, I will say the newer sites, Merukari, websites like that, are actually trending more towards like the Western style, more simplistic. So if I was a Western company coming into Japan, yeah. and I, I was an e-com site, mm-hmm. I wanted to sell my products in Japan, would you consult me more on being aggressive in your face mm-hmm. or maybe adopt what they had in Europe or the US, which is maybe a little bit more nuanced, uh, yeah. more of a customer journey type website? That's a really good question. First of all, it comes down to branding. Who are your, what's your brand? Are you a European or American company or you a global company or are you just trying to be this thing in, in Japan? So that's, that's the first thing. But don't try to fake it. When I first learned Japanese, God, I, Andrew, I really wanted to be like mix and mingle with Japanese. And the first one or two years I was here, I was bowing way too much and <laughs> trying to use all those Japanese phrases that you should in the right occasions. And Had the keigo perfect. Yeah, I was actually working really hard on the keigo too, yeah. Honorific Japanese. And... Uh, I don't know, somewhere two, three years later, I stopped. I was just like, this is, I'm an American, okay? Gotta be yourself. Gotta be yourself and who you are. You know, I think Western brands should just be that. Well, we're in a Western brand, okay? You can't fake it. You're gonna figure out you're a Western brand. So just be yourself. Now, now should you be flexible? Of course. People perceive you as a Western company and be a Western company. Be that Western company that they're interested in. In your expert opinion, as a percentage, how much should companies invest in SEO in relation to their sales? Ooh, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Every company has to decide what percentage of their sales is going to be in marketing. SEO is marketing, right? It's just a type of marketing. Exactly. When you decide the marketing pie, you have to decide okay, what percentage is going to be organic search or SEO type stuff? What percentage is going to be more paid advertising? What percentage is going to be social media or other types of advertising? And it all depends on your niche or your It's interesting that you mentioned social media because, and I can't keep up. And if I don't understand it, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to invest in it. (laughs) I I can't tell how much revenue or Uh what type of ROI I'm getting from Facebook marketing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to cut more than 50% of it. Am I correct or did I make a mistake? If you're trying to build awareness of your product or you have a new product niche that you want to raise awareness of, uh, something like Facebook ads or Instagram ads uh, or even display ads can be very, very good tools or channels to raise awareness. Let's move on then because I know you're waiting for it. Is it coming? This is the free unsolicited business idea. Okay, I'm ready. For I think Jeff I'm ready. Crawford. Hang on, hang on. Let me, take, let me take a swig of my beer. Bring it on. One of the things I really like about your website is how easy it is to understand what you do. Just reading your service offerings will make anyone SEO smarter. I especially like your blog. Your topics are super relevant and fascinating, even for non-technical people. My only complaint, Jeff 
is that you don't write more. <laughs> You're right. You have tons of potential content from your Tokyo Digital Marketers Meetup, since you always have a guest speaker. Yes. You can also cull interesting business case stories where Zoe Digital helped companies succeed, and you have your blog content. You aggregate this information and create a sponsored newsletter. Get a few advertisers and send out a newsletter twice a month. Weekly is better. Also post this content on LinkedIn, but only the first half of the article. <laughs> to read the rest of the article, one has to sign up to receive the newsletter. Gotta come to the site. This will increase your subscriber numbers and increase the value for your advertisers. You spotlight one or two advertisers per month. You can include polls, questionnaires, and Ask the Experts section, where either you okay. or your many connections can answer. Yeah. You'll expand your exposure, generate revenue, and for sure, increase your EAT. EAT? Again. What do you think? Oh, wow. How could I say no to that? <laughs> It's kind of funny. We're like the barber who's got like a really messy haircut because he doesn't have time to cut his own hair. <laughs> no, no. Okay, here's a better analogy. You're like the gourmet chef. Who yeah. makes great food every night. For everybody else. For everybody. When he goes home, he makes macaroni and cheese out of the box. <laughs> That's us. There's so many topics that I want to write about, but I just cannot free up my own personal time to write them. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't cost much, but if you've got at least 2,000 people, yeah. you're going to get more, and you don't have to charge much for advertisers. 20,000 yen a year. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's digital, so you yeah. can get 10 of these customers. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of money, but it's, yeah. it's enough to pay for the editing or yeah. the person to do the work for it or whatever. But yeah. it, more so, it creates mm -hmm. you know, the authority, yeah. the trustworthiness. Yeah. What was E, what was Expertise. e again? Expertise. This, that was it. Authoritativeness. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like it. I like it. Um, You, you talked a little bit about Tokyo Digital Marketers, which is the event that yeah. I started four or five years ago or something like that. It's kind of interesting. I, I started it because... I'll, I'll get back to your answer in a... Don't worry, I'm not... Go for it, man. I, I'm diverging a little bit, but I promise to get back. I just didn't know a lot of people in digital marketing going on my own, on, on entrepreneurship. To be honest, I didn't know a lot of people outside of the previous company I was at, Adobe. Why don't I go to a meetup with other digital marketers there? Didn't exist. So I started one. Nice. And uh, I registered at meetup.com. I got five of my friends to show up. Ten people showed up. Uh, I got somebody to do a presentation. Presentation was absolutely amazing. Only 10 people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, what was the presentation? Uh, Japanese, Brazilian, Japanese guy was talking about his service about landing page optimization and how to create landing pages for Japan. Sweet. See, that's that's golden content right there, man. Right, right. That was. Uh, You've been doing yeah. these meetup things, yes. these, these events, for five years. For five years, and you do it how many times? Well, before COVID. Before that. Once a month. Okay. And we get like. 60 people in a room. Boom. So because you are the master of ceremonies when yep. it comes to this event, yeah. one of the conditions for every presenter is, is that, that you get their content, you yep. get their presentation, and you include that in your blog, add this podcast to your blog. Everything that you do 
to your blog slash newsletter oh. and you send that out. <laughs> and people like me would be interested in that. And it's not just all the other digital marketers that you want to reach. It's, it's, it's the potential customers. I mean, I'm a potential customer. Right. For sure, right? Right, yeah. Why should people contact you, Jeff? People should contact me if they just want to get their business started in Japan. Start off online. You don't have to like establish an office with expensive real estate, hire expensive people to get started. Just start off with a simple website. See if it appeals. See if you get sales or conversions or whatever the case may be. And give it a try. If it all works, great. Establish a presence later, but just start off, see if it works. So digital is the way to go. Uh, at least for some some people. <laughs> see, that's how I know you've been in Japan too long. You're very humble, even about <laughs> pitching your own services. Yes, yes, yes. Jeff, thank you very much for your time today. What's your website address? It's zodigital.jp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your blogs. I love your website. You're doing a great job. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Andrew. Cheers. You. Cheers. And that was Jeff Crawford. As you heard, he's a real down-to-earth guy, easygoing, and really wants to help you with SEO and digital marketing. Check him out at zodigital.jp or look him up on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to another episode of Now in Zen Japan. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a nice comment and a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Thanks, everybody. 